this book, the book of Proverbs, gives us wisdom. But most importantly, this book points us to Christ. He walked in the manner in which he should go. And when he faced his death, he did not waver. This verse is not simply a parenting tool. This verse is a reminder of the gospel. He who is faithful will bring us through the years. And he will not depart from you. Today on the Song Time broadcast, we're continuing our series of Proverb a Day in May. And we find ourselves with one of my own messages looking at Proverbs 22.6, which has been our theme verse, how to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. But first, we're going to look back at a highlight from last weekend as we had our Definitions Conference Train Up a Child right here on Cape Cod. We'll hear from our various speakers as the many voices come together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. Last weekend, we had an amazing Definitions Conference right here on Cape Cod, Train Up a Child, as we explored the topic of how to train parents and grandparents alike to teach their children diligently how to to love the Lord with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Our keynote speakers were Dr. Ted Tripp and his wife Margie, who are the founders of Shepherding the Heart Ministries, some great sessions from them, and Dr. James Manganello, who is a local Christian counselor talking about mental health issues facing adolescents. As a result of all of the great content that we had, we also put together a panel discussion and asked questions to our various keynote speakers. And in this little clip, we're going to look back at that Q&A as I shared some very important questions to our, our guest. The first was posed to Dr. James Manganello as I talked to him about how all of these principles apply to children that are on the spectrum, children that have mental challenges, uh, psychological struggles or impulse control, ADHD, whatever you want to call it, all of these sort of challenges that are, are, are plaguing children, can the same principles of training up a child apply to them, or do we have to approach them differently? Here is part of that conversation last weekend at the Definitions Conference, Train Up a Child with Dr. James Manganello, later hearing from Ted Tripp and his wife, Margie. Well, I think it's more than just the issues that you've raised, even for those who have significant emotional issues, anxiety, depression, those sorts of things, and kids, um, that we have to be alerted as to what it is that we talk about with them. They're very sensitive to the environment. Their bodies are different biochemically. They respond differently particularly highly sensitive children, um, there are very unique ways of realizing that certain sounds, certain sights, certain smells, uh, whatever, will trigger the emotional content inside where they're not able to hear anymore. And so as we think about uh, how we present the gospel particularly, we recognize that it has to be done very simple, not overstated. I think the the words that uh, Marge said many times, it was, one of you said it, don't over talk, right? You don't overwhelm the children with all the information. You give them short, specific 
information so that they can internalize it. And so it may take you a little bit longer to get to the end point, but that's how you're going to get there. Uh, this next question is for Ted and, and uh, Margie. In the subject, we've talked a little bit about family devotions, uh, family worship. And we kind of, I think we tend to talk about this kind of like we talk about the gospel. We talk about the gospel, we don't actually articulate the gospel. So what does family worship actually look like? That's the first question. This is a two-parter. And how can it actually be implemented if it hasn't already been set into patterns of the family? <laughs> well, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, if we think about family worship in the simplest ways, you think read, pray, sing. If you sing together, you know, I learned to play four chords on a guitar in the key of D. With a capo, you can sing almost any song with those four chords. So I would, you know, and, and uh, once the kids were grown, I haven't touched a guitar since. But it was just a way to have rhythm and, and uh, chords so we could sing together at family worship. Uh, so singing, singing God's praise together, reading the Bible, praying together. Pray about whatever the kids are interested in. We prayed for six, sick dogs and cats. We prayed for serious things. You know, um, not that, I mean, well, we, the sick dogs and cats were serious for our kids. But nothing's too trivial to take to God in prayer. And uh, so praying, reading, praying, singing together. You can add to that Bible memory. If you want to teach your kids to memorize the Bible, we found that if we just Memorize. We started memorizing Psalms, big Psalms like Psalm 23, Psalm 1, you know, uh, Psalm 100, Psalm 150. Uh, but we found that if we read the Psalm every day in family worship, within a week our kids would know it by heart. Mm -hmm. And a month later, Margie and I could know it too. So it, uh, <laughs> you know, it uh, it's really easy with children to memorize. Just simply. It doesn't take any real effort or you're quizzing them. You just read the passage every single day and they're going to memorize it. Uh, so those things, I think, uh, and then you want to kind of move with your kids. When our kids were little, we used to act out devotions. I mean, we climbed under the table and we were David in the caves of Adullam with his men, you know, hiding from Saul. And, uh, you know, I could make a pretty impressive Goliath standing on the kitchen table. Uh, I was nearly nine feet tall. Uh, but you can, uh, you know, when they're real little, we acted things out. As they got older, it was more abstract and less concrete. But I think uh, just doing things, kind of tracking with their ages, and, and consistency in doing it is just a big deal too. Because, it, it, you know, I, I always think God gave us a 24-hour day. Surely in 24 hours we have 10 minutes we can spend reading the God and praying with our kids. We just have to organize a time of day when we do it. We found after the evening meal was the best time for us. What was the second part of the question? Uh, I, think, I think that was it, how to get started with it. And, and really, I'm glad you mentioned how to maintain it. But uh, Margie, I mean, in the, in the context of doing this, I mean, you had a husband who wrote the book on this subject. So, <laughs> oh, what, you know, how did you as a wife and for single mothers and for those who have husbands that aren't believers, how can wives encourage and foster this in the home? You know, you, you obviously had the perfect scenario, right? You, uh, what's it like being married to the perfect man? That's a real question I want to ask you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly perfect. <laughs> 
I think uh, this is a, a very serious question, I think, for moms whose husbands aren't believers or husbands who profess faith but are not faithful in those ways and for single moms. And I, I really want to encourage you that it's possible for you to do this. There's so many resources uh, for parents and we read the narratives to our children when they were young. Uh, both from God's Word and from collections of, of narratives from God's Word and tried to encourage the children with the heroes of the faith and, and what made them. They weren't perfect. Now you look like, you look at David, he's not a perfect man, uh, but he was a friend of God. And so uh, trying to encourage the children with the uh, with the narratives of the scripture. When they were in their middle, middle years, we uh, read and took apart and put back together the epistles, those finely tuned arguments, because as our brother said, that's when they're all attorneys. And uh, so that was wonderful because they were interactive. And then when our kids were in high school, uh, we read the prophets. <laughs> What's the message of the prophets? <laughs> and so we wanted to acquaint them with the fact that this God is a serious God. He's a loving Heavenly Father to everyone who puts their hope in Him. And moms who don't have the encouragement of husbands who are working with you, seek out people in your church who can encourage you and pray with you and help you to find resources. But don't shrink from the task. Go for it and pray and ask God to help you each day to find those few moments to interact with your children and God will bring fruit from that. We've been listening to a snippet from our weekend, uh, last weekend at our conference, uh, the Train Up a Child Conference right here on Cape Cod. Our keynote speakers, you heard from all three of them today. Dr. James Manganello is a Christian counselor right here on Cape Cod with Karis Ministries, as well as uh, Dr. Ted Tripp and his wife Margie, who are the founders of Shepherding the Heart Ministries, uh, obviously the great books, Shepherding a Child's Heart and Instructing a Child's Heart, and Margie's latest book, which we're making available to you as a thank you for your support of the Songtime Ministry. It's called It's Not Too Late. It's how to handle the prodigals in your life, whether teenagers or adult children, and instruct them and instruct their hearts in particular as you communicate the gospel to them. All of these great resources uh, are available. If you want to find out more information, give us a call 508-362-7070 or head over to our website at songtime.com. Well, today we are continuing our series of Proverb a Day in May. And you can guess that uh, we would eventually get to this at some point as our theme verse for this entire month has been Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That was the theme of our conference last week, and it's really been the theme of this whole this whole study in the book of Proverbs. What are we doing to instruct those who come behind us? How are we helping them and teaching them diligently to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength? Here is a message that I was able to preach recently on this very subject, and hopefully it encourages you as you see the gospel of, of this powerful message and this powerful promise that when we are old, we shall not depart from this truth. Here is our Proverb a Day in May. What I want to do in taking you to the book of Proverbs today is lay out this central theme. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
And the first question we have to ask is, what is the way that we should go? It was a scribe who came up to Jesus and asked him this question. What is the most important commandment? Essentially, the scribe was saying, what is the way that we should go? And Jesus answers him by saying, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. What is Jesus doing there? He is telling us, in his own words, what is the way that we should go. In fact, the book of Proverbs is designed and structured in that way. In chapter 1 of the book of Proverbs, I'll read this for you. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The book of Proverbs is a way to give this instruction, to teach our children and to teach us as children of God how to walk. What is the, the course of our way? What is the right way to please God and to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind and strength? But how do you teach a child? How do you teach a child to love something? You can teach a child what's right and wrong, but that doesn't mean that they'll continue to agree with you once they're older. How do you teach a child to love something? There's certainly a lot of things that we can do wrong in this regard. There's certainly ways that you can misrepresent what it means to train up a child. You can discipline them out of anger. As a result, their, the rebellious nature of their heart will be fostered and their, their anger and their uh, discipline, their problems, will only be magnified. You can use manipulation and uh, you can use brainwashing, but, but even that is not a positive way to instill in a child love. But how do you teach a child to love something? Well, first and foremost, we must love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. If there's anything I've learned throughout my years of ministry is you cannot fake it with children. You can put on a facade, especially when you come to church. You can put on appearances that your home life is wonderful and beautiful, but when you're home, when your guard is down, they see right through who you truly are. I love this next phrase in Proverbs 22.6. Even when he is old. Now, some of you here are pretty old. You've reached that stage. In fact, I'm surprised that some of you are still driving. But this is a crucial component, isn't it? Because we all grow old. But in those moments in my life, I want to make sure that I have stuck to my bones the things that matter most. I, I want to fill my life with the things that are eternal, the things that cannot pass away and that short-term me memory cannot forget. There is a time coming for each and every one of us where all of the other things will, will disappear and all of the other things and their importance will fall away. Hide this book in your heart so that when we are old, 
will hold these things dear. Even when he is old, it says, he will not depart from it. What a promise. What an astounding promise. That if you do everything right with your children, if you train them up in the way that they should go, and you teach them diligently, when they're old, they won't depart from it. They will stay in the faith. Well, I've got to give you a little bit of a, a key to understanding the book of Proverbs. It's not dealing in absolutes. It's not dealing in the sense that if you did everything right, you'll always see the same results. It's teaching general principles, and that's what wisdom is, is being able to nuance and understand the difference between a, a concrete truth and an abstract truth. But what this proverb is teaching us is true in all of its ways, because it's telling us that God is faithful, first and foremost, to keep us and to keep our children. I've had this conversation with more parents than I can count, and, and it breaks my heart every single time when a parent or a grandparent tells me, they have a prodigal in their life. I want to remind them that you must not waver from the way that you should go. Because it's in those moments that we compromise on our own faith. What ought to be hope is turned to anxiety. What ought to be confidence in the grounding of Scripture turns to doubts. This book, the book of Proverbs, gives us wisdom. But most importantly, this book points us to Christ. He walked in the manner in which he should go, and when he faced his death, he did not waver. This verse is not simply a parenting tool. This verse is a reminder of the gospel. He who is faithful will bring us through the years, and he will not depart from you. This is what we ought to cling to. These are the things that matter in those twilight years. These are those truths that matter right here and now. And these are the truths that we want to pass on to the children in this church and the children in our community. And what is motivating us to take the call and the commission to sacrifice our own selves for the sake of those who come behind us. Today's proverb of the day is Proverbs chapter 21. And I want to encourage you as we continue through this series to read the book of Proverbs, to read whatever the day is on the calendar, to read that corresponding chapter and to find the proverb that is speaking to you and to hold on to it, to meditate it, to ruminate over it over the course of the day. Mine is Proverbs 21 verse 3. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. This is one of my favorite themes throughout the Bible. It's not just here in the book of Proverbs. We see it in the Psalms, as, as Psalm 50, this voice of God declaring, uh, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want your bulls and your, your blood offerings. What, what the Lord requires of us is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Jesus also picks up on this theme when his disciples were walking through the grain fields on the Sabbath day and eating the grain, and the Pharisees jumped on them and, and, and said that they were breaking the law and were demanding that Jesus do something about it. And Jesus says, don't you know the law and the prophets? Haven't you read your Bibles that God desires mercy 
rather than sacrifice, quoting Hosea 6.6. What does God really want from us? What is it God requires from us? Sometimes we think that as long as we we give God a a, a small portion, as long as we tithe, give him 10%, then we can go ahead and do whatever we want to do with our lives. But Jesus does not allow for that. The Bible does not allow for that. The Bible says, unless you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus, you can't be his disciple. You can't just give him 10%. He wants 100%. He wants all of you to think that you could just give God a portion and think that he would be satisfied with that is really a disgrace. It is a mockery of God. He gave his life for us. Therefore, we are called to to be living sacrifices. As it says in Romans, that you are a living sacrifice poured out for God. So live in accordance to his will. What does that look like? Well, it's described here in Proverbs 21.3, to do righteousness and justice. That is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. He wants you to do what is right. And John tells us in his first letter, 1 John chapter 5, that his laws, his rules are not overbearing. They're good for you. In fact, by doing righteous and doing justice, you are serving yourself as well as serving God. I hope that we've been able to encourage you today. If we have, we'd love to hear from you. What's your favorite proverb from today? Write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call, 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com or look us up on social media. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go even when he is old. He will not depart from it.